Good morning, Oikos. How are you liking John so far? Good? Awesome. How have you been hearing the Lord this week? Have you been hearing him speak through John? Awesome. Awesome. I heard some enthusiasm. I like that. I like that. So today we're going to be in John chapter 6. But first I want to just give a round of applause for Adrian and what a wonderful job he did today. Awesome. So if it's on your heart to do that, we would like to invite you to come talk to Aaron or Jason um, to come up here and, and give a word uh, of confession and, and forgiveness. Um, give that invitation. So, All right, so we're going to be in John chapter 6 today, um, verse 43. And to kind of preface this a little bit is there was a bunch of people that were following Jesus, and, and now Jesus is starting to say some radical things, and they're getting a little nervous, and they're getting a little scared, uh, a little confused about the words that Jesus is saying. And so if you want to, you can put yourself in those shoes um, and kind of listen from that perspective of you're listening to Jesus and you're, he's inviting you to, to closer into his life. And so you're sitting and listening. So this is what um, Jesus says as the people are getting a little nervous. In verse, John, you can open it up in your pew Bibles or in your uh, phones to John chapter 6, verse 30, 43. But Jesus replied, Stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at that last day I will rise them up. And it is written with scriptures, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that everyone had seen the Father, only I, who was sent from God, have seen him. So how many of y'all like to come to the Lord when it's convenient for you? That's me for sure. Um, Hey, God, I need something from you. It's time to to do something, right? Time to to come fill me with what I need or give me a want that I, I need or... Or maybe I just want to be lazy, so give me an out to that. Um, but I don't know how many times I go to the Lord when I'm asking something that is just so convenient. And what I find interesting about this passage is people are there listening to Jesus, and they're complaining about what he is saying to them. Jesus was going to give them great things, but they were complaining about what they were getting from the Lord. And Jesus was saying, no one can know the Father unless you know me. And no one will learn about the Father unless you are talking to me. And they have a heart of complaint towards Jesus because they weren't fulfilling what they wanted him to do. Uh, Come on, Jesus, do some more miracles. Do one more trick for us, and then we'll follow. We'll keep following. Keep doing some miracles. We want to see them, and that will validate what, I'm, what you're doing in my life. Come on, give us some more tricks. But people are following Jesus because they're excited about the miracles that are happening in his life and the miracles that he's doing in their life. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um, to want to see transformation from Jesus. But what attracts you to Jesus? What attracts you to Jesus? 
What Jesus is inviting people to do in this, in this passage is to really come to know him and to know him as somebody that is offering eternal life. And it's not by his works of transformation, of physical transformation, seeing people get healed. Uh, they had just gotten fed uh, miraculously. Uh, they crossed over an entire sea to come follow Jesus again. But they were attracted because of his good works. They were attracted because of the provision, earthly provision that he was giving. They wanted to see tricks. They wanted to, to follow and cling on to the next good thing that Jesus was doing. They wanted to be known as the one that's following the cool guy that makes miraculous things happen. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, I like to do that a lot too. Something that, you know, you could, you could even look at politicians for that. Oh, this politician says the next greatest thing, I'm going to follow them. Or let me go to the other candidate because this one's kind of weird. Or, or like he said something really cool, she said something really cool, let's follow that. Let's put our hope in that. Let's put our hope in them being able to transform our country. But in reality, Jesus is saying that people aren't going to transform the country, but he is because he's going to transform people. He's going to transform their hearts back to the Father, back to them, not just because he's providing bread for them to eat. But Jesus is opening his life and revealing more about his Father and more about himself in this, in this passage. And he's doing the same for us. He's opening our eyes and our hearts to see him in a greater way other than just providing for something that's convenient. He wants to give us himself. So what is the Father revealing to you this week about Jesus? Is there something new that he's opening your heart to understand and believe more about Jesus this week? What is the Father revealing about Jesus that you didn't already know? And Jesus continues in verse uh, 47. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I offer so the world may live is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other. What does he mean? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. Jesus wants everyone, everyone, including you, to have eternal life. Do y'all believe that? That Jesus wants everyone, your friend, your neighbor, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your stranger you're driving next to that really makes you mad on the highway, your, your angry neighbor, the annoying neighbor, your friend that you don't know why he hangs out with you or she hangs out with you, that Jesus wants everyone, including them and including you, to have eternal life. So what are you hungry for? Are you hungry for that eternal life? 
So in this passage, they, they, Jesus is making the analogy and connecting himself to a, a loaf of bread. And Sylvia at Devo uh, this week gave a, a great analogy that I'm going to steal. I didn't tell her this. But, uh, but at her MC on Monday night, she described how bread is kind of smelling throughout the house. And I know y'all have kind of experienced this too, but when you smell, when somebody's cooking bread, my mom used to do this all the time and I'd come home from high school, but she would cook bread and the smell would go throughout the house and it just hit that spot deep inside your tummy that's like, I'm hungry for some bread. It smells so good. It's delicious. It's just, ah, just intoxicating. I know y'all know what that, that feels like and that smells like to have that bread just fresh and nice and warm. And and so this bread that Jesus is describing and this bread that we eat is kind of similar. And the fact that Jesus is going to say, I have to go to the cross and I have to die in order for you to be able to eat me, which is kind of weird. But in order for you to have eternal life, that I'm going to open everything up, that I'm going to provide a spiritual and eternal way for everlasting life for you that you don't have to rely on earthly provision. I mean, it's good to do that. But the ancestors of Moses, they didn't have to worry about where the manna was coming from. They would wake up, and it'd be there. It'd wake up, and the manna would be on the ground. They wouldn't have to ask the Lord for it. But the Lord was faithful enough to give it over and over and over again, that every day for 40 years, they woke up in the morning and there was manna provided for them. But ultimately, that led to death for them because that was only earthly hunger that they were satisfied with. So what bread are you hungry for? So what I find beautiful about what Jesus is saying in this is that he's going to give himself to you fully. That he's going to give himself so willingly and fully so that you may partake in him. So as we eat stuff, when we digest it, we don't have to tell ourselves this is how it digests. We don't have to eat bread or eat cake or whatever, and you don't have to tell your body to, all right, break down this bread consciously. So break down this bread so it can get nourished in my cells, so it can nourish this part of my body, so it can give me energy. We don't have to tell that our bodies to do that. It happens. And likewise with hunger, we don't have to tell our body that we're hungry. It just happens. I mean, for, I eat a lot, so for me, I have to sometimes just make up that I'm hungry. But most of the time, hunger just happens. It's natural. It's natural in us. And in that hunger, sometimes we eat stuff that's not good for us. Last night, uh, after Nick and Brandy's wedding, I went home to Rachel's house, and I had like four Oreos and a bunch of those little pumpkin candy corn things, (laughs) and Rachel was making fun of me for that. But digestion is something that just naturally occurs. And Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they had the opportunity to walk with the Lord. They had a great opportunity to follow him and to be with him and to spend time with him day after day after day. And the serpent comes in, the devil comes in and gives them an opportunity and a temptation. 
hey, if you eat of this fruit, then you will gain knowledge of good and evil. So if you eat of this, then you can know more. If you eat something that is sinful and something that is bad, you will understand more. So we like to seek provision from places so we can understand more. But what Jesus is saying is you don't need to know more. You need to know me. So in verse 53, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. Jesus is saying you cannot have eternal life if you take other routes. That you cannot have eternal life if you seek to fill that hunger that you have with other things. Now those other things may manifest itself in different ways. Hunger for power, hunger for ambition, hunger for um, a better car, hunger for more money, hunger for a better job, hunger for a better spouse, hunger for a better marriage, hunger for um, anything. That's not Jesus. So Jesus says you cannot have eternal life if you feed your hunger with with these things. And actually, what he does is he says, not only can you not have eternal life, it's, I'm going to be the one that does it for you. So you don't even have to, you don't even have to reach for these things. And I don't know about you, but I've never eaten a person. And so as Jesus is saying this, <laughs> he's doing something really weird with it. But he's saying that I have to be put to death so that you can feed on me. So like when we cook food, even with bread, you crush it. The bread dies before you can make it into something you can eat. You take it off, the grain comes off of the, the wheat particle, and you crush it, you make bread out of it. We do it with, with animals too. That Jesus has to be put to, death, put to death in order for our salvation to happen. And he says, the only way you can remain in me is by eating of me. Do you wish to remain in the Father? Many of his disciples said, this is, a, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascending into heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the words I have spoken to you are the Spirit of life. 
But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew that they would betray him. Then Jesus said, This is why I said that people can't come to me unless a father gives them to me. Do you believe in the full truth of Jesus, or do you try to rely on your own self for understanding? So at Devo on Wednesday, we had a great opportunity to, to kind of be speaking words of life to someone. We were there in the middle of our, of our um, regular practice of Devo, so discussing what we were reading in Scripture and sharing that with one another as a, as a family. And then as we're there at the Starbucks and Target, uh, a woman begins to peek in and kind of stand on the outside, looking into what we were doing. And, and then she comes and sits down in the middle of our discussion, and, uh, and we're, most of us are probably wondering, what is, she, what is she doing here? We're happy she's here, but there's got to be something that's going on in her heart. And so she opens up and, and takes uh, a risk, takes a, a leap of faith, and shares with us that she had been really struggling and at a tension point in her life where she felt the Lord was calling her to minister to inner city kids and to be there to provide for them in ways, not only earthly hunger, but spiritual hunger for these, these young kids. But with doing that, her closest people had betrayed her. Her father and her best friend were walking in a different direction and she was torn because she couldn't leave these kids behind but she was also torn because it was breaking other relationships. But in that, we were able to witness the life-changing power of the words of the Lord. And she said, as we were reading and as we were discussing that, it just spoke to her heart and that this was what the Lord had intended and planned for her, to be there at the Devo, to listen to what God was speaking life into her. And it was a wonderful time to just be able to witness that when the Lord talks to us, the words don't come back void. I was struggling also this week to, to kind of give a story more about personally about my life because in a couple of messages previous, I've gone surface level with things and a couple of the leaders at Oikos encouraged me, hey, get a little more personal, get a little deeper, show some more about your life to other people and your family. And so I struggled with that a little bit, and so I, I called up David, or David called me, actually, and I was like, man, it's Friday afternoon. I don't know what I'm going to incorporate in my message as far as a personal story. Actually, it was Saturday. It was Saturday, yeah. And I didn't know what, how to do that because there's so many walls that are keeping me from being intimate sometimes with people and to reveal more about myself. And so uh, David reminded me, of what I'm preaching on today. That the Lord is eternal life. The Lord gives us eternal life. And sometimes we don't want it. Sometimes we run from it. But he's providing for us spiritually and eternally. And so for me this week, that was a good reminder because I wasn't up here just giving a message. But the Lord is speaking to me as an individual his words of life. 
and that I am a child of him, and that he loves me deeply, and that I can come up here and I can give a good show. Or I can come up here and speak a good message and rely on my own power to do that. But what the Lord is inviting us in this passage to do is not to rely on ourselves, not to rely on our understanding, not to rely on how much we know and how much we can explain, but to simply rely on Him and to eat and feast on Him. What I find interesting in this this little passage too is Jesus tells us that our human accomplishment is nothing. So that however much we try, however hard we push, however fast we go to accomplish something or to do anything, that Jesus is reminding him and reminding them and reminding us that he is the one doing it all. That no one comes to know the Father except through Jesus. And so we can follow Jesus and we can expect tricks from him. We can expect great transformation from him. But he's asking more of us. He's asking for a relationship with us and inviting us into that relationship. So time after time, that we may try to accomplish something, we're going to fail. And time after time, the invitation from Jesus continues. That there's no number of times that we can fail. There's no number of times that we can mess up that will make Jesus stop inviting us to feast eternally with him. And even though Jesus knew that people were going to betray him that were following him, he still gave himself fully to them. He didn't hold back. He didn't say, if you follow me good enough, then you can stay sick around. But he opens his life fully for each every one of us. And not only for this life, but for eternally and forevermore. So then we continue in verse 66. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. How have you deserted the Lord this week? How have you walked away from that invitation of eternal life this week? For me, it was definitely, definitely, definitely complaining because I had to work an extra two hours on a shift at, at, at Raising Cane's. And in that moment, I was, I was mad because I was trying to plan my entire week out. I had to message plan. I had to work at Cane's. had to do a bunch of other things. And, and so I was like trying to plan my week out. And, and I was frustrated because 
right, the day right before my shift started, I had a message like, oh, you have to work two extra hours. And so my mind went directly into, I will not have enough time for my message. I will not have enough time for the rest of my life. It's over. It's done. <laughs> but the Lord did some good time and some great things in those extra two hours that I didn't want to be a part of at first. But he invited me in to a great conversation with one of my general managers and a great conversation with, with the Lord. That I didn't want, I wanted to desert him, but he has something much greater in store. So in our, in our Lord's Prayer, one of, the things, one of the things we say is, give us this day our daily bread. And so what we do in this prayer is we're asking the Lord not only for earthly provision, but for that eternal provision. So as we do that today, as we end with our Lord's Prayer, as we usually do, I want you all to spend that, when we say those words, give us this day our daily bread, I want to invite you all to, to take a moment to just breathe that in and to release some things that we're holding on to that are keeping us from feasting on the Lord. And if you feel like you've deserted the Lord, that that's an invitation from Him to come be with Him eternally. And so if we walk away from Jesus, if we leave this place today, I hope none of, it, none of y'all do this, but if we leave here today and we walk away from Jesus and we walk home and and we go home and our lives don't change. That Jesus doesn't stop that invitation, guys. He doesn't stop inviting you into that eternal life. And that our eternal life doesn't depend on what we do or what we don't do. But it relies on Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. And that alone. And the faith that he gives us through baptism and through Holy Spirit. That he's going to invite you that... He has you so tight in his hand that you, you can't run away even if you try. So Jesus in this, he's being deserted by people that had followed him for a long time. A long time. But he was ready to allow that to happen and keep those that knew him close. And what's interesting is you find in the next chapter, that his language shifts from disciples into brothers. He starts calling his disciples brothers. And so he invites us into that family over and over and over again. So the Lord's going to speak to you this week, whether it's through scripture, whether it's through a song on the radio, whether it's through a friend or a family member speaking life to you. But the Lord is speaking that life into you this week. That you can struggle to run away from it, that you can struggle to to desert Jesus, but he's going to speak that life into you, that when you feast upon him, that you will be have eternal life. And so when the Lord was beginning his ministry after he was baptized, he went into the desert, and the devil tempted him and said, the devil said, I can give you all this stuff. I can give you anything you want. 
And Jesus replies with this. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. So the Lord has eternal life for each and every one of you. And he's speaking life into you. Today, tomorrow, the next day, after the Texans game tonight, the Lord is speaking life into you when your work and your job is really hard, when your boss is frustrating you, when your spouse is frustrating you. The Lord is speaking life into you. I want to close with this, uh, this verse. It says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Are you a child? Are you a child? Awesome. Jesus speaks that life into existence in your life. He gives himself so you have that eternal life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time to gather. Thank you for not withholding um, eternal life from us, but thank you for providing a way that we may be with you eternally. And thank you for not making us rely on our own understanding or our own strength to do that. But thank you for giving us that faith to follow you. So in the times that we are struggling to really fully latch on and believe that, let us be able to hear your words that we are your children and that you speaking life into us. That in a death of our Savior, we get everything from you. Both earthly provision, Lord, but also eternally. So we ask that this week we will be able to hear from you and that you may reveal yourself more to us. And also we ask God in your name. Amen.